Charanaravinde Sandarashita Swatma Sukava Bodhe Nishreya Se Jangadikayamane Samsara Hala Hala Mohashantye Abahupurushakaram Shankachakrasi Tarinam Sahasra Shirasam Shvetam Pranamami Patanjalim Yogena Chittasya Padena Vacham Malam Sharirasya Chavaidyakena Yopakarotam Pravaram Muninam Patanjalim Pranjali Tejasvinavati tamastu mavitvishabhai Om Shanti 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 Om Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amrutam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Namo Brahmavidpyo Brahmavidya Sampradaya Kartripyo Namo Vamsharishipyo Namo Mahatpyo Namo Girupyaha Sarvo Paplavarita Prajnana Gana Pratigarto Brahmaiva Hamasmi Om Tatsata Om Paramatmane Namaha Shri Patanjala Yoga Darshanam Atasadana Padaha Tapaswatyayeshwara Pranidhanani Kriya Yogaha Tapaswatyayeshwara Pranidhanani Kriya Yoga Samadhi Bhavanartha Klesha Tanu Karanarthascha Again Samadhi Bhavanartha Klesha Tanu Karanarthascha Avidya Asmita Raga Dvesha Abhinivesha Kleshaha Avidya Asmita Raga Dvesha Abhinivesha 
क्लेशा अविद्याक्षेत्रुतरेशा प्रसुप्तनुविच्छिन्नोदारा अविद्याक्षेत्रुतरेशा प्रसुप्तनुविच्छिन्नोदारा अनिशुचिदुखात्मसु निशुचिसुखात्मख्यातिरविद्याशुचिदुखात्मसु निशुचिसुखात्मख्यातिरविद्यादृगदर्शनशक्तोरेकात्मतेवास्मृता सुखानुषायी रागः ते ಕ್ಲೇಷಮೂಲೆತ್ವಿಪಾಕೋಜಾತ್ಯೋರ್ಭೋಗಾಹಸತಿಮೂಲೆತ್ವಿಪಾಕೋಜಾತ್ಯ
Kritartam Tadabhavat sainyoga bhavohanam tadrashe kaivayam Viveka kyatira viplavahano payaha Viveka kyatira viplavahano payaha Tasya saptadha prantabhumi pragnya Tasya saptada pranta bumi pragna Yoganga nushtana de shuddikshaye jnana dipti ravi veka kyate Yoganga nushtana de shuddikshaye jnana dipti ravi veka kyate Yamani yamasana pranayama prat Yahara dharana dhyana samadayo shtavangani Yamani yamasana pranayama pratyahara dharana dhyana samadayo shtavangani Ahimsa satyasteya brahmacharya parigraha yamaha Ahimsa satyasteya brahmacharya parigraha yamaha Jati desha kala samayana bachinna sarva bhauma mahavratam Jati desha kala samayana bachinna sarva bhauma mahavratam Shauta Santosha Tapaswadya Yeshwara Pranidana Niniyamaha Shauta Santosha Tapaswadya Yeshwara Pranidana Niniyamaha Vitarka Badane Pratipaksha Bhavanam Vitarka Hinsadaya Kritakarita numodita lobha krodha moha purvaka Mridumadhya dimatra dukkha jnana nantapala iti Pratipaksha bhavanam Vitarka himsadaya kritakarita numodita lobha krodha moha purvaka Mridumadhyadimatra dukkagnana nantapala iti pratipaksha bhavanam Ahimsa pratishtayam tatsannidhavairyatyagaha 
अहिंसा प्रतिष्ठायां तत्सन्निधा वैर्यत्याग सत्य प्रतिष्ठायां क्रियाफलाश्रयत्यतिष्ठायां क्रियाफलाश्रयत्यतिष्ठायाथान अस्तेय प्रतिष्ठायाथान ब्रह्मचर्य प्रतिष्ठायाभ ब्रह्मचर्य प्रतिष्ठायाभ अपरिग्रहस्थे जन्म कथंता संबोध अपरिग्रहस्थे जन्म कथंता संबोध शौचात्वांगजगुप्सा पड़ैरसंसर्ग शौचात्वांगजगुप्सा पड़ैरसंसर्ग सत्शुद्धिमन सियाग्रियेन्द्रियजयात्मदर्शन योग्यवाच सत्शुद्धिमनस्यायखाग्रियेन्द्रियजयात्मदर्शन योग्यवाच सतोषात्तम सुखलाभ सतोषात्तम सुखलाभ हाएंद्रियसिद्धिशुद्धिक्षयातपस कायेन्द्रियसिद्धिशुद्धिक्षयातपस स्वाध्यादेवता संयोग स्वाध्यादेवता संयोग सीश्वर प्रणिदात सी स्वर प्रणिदानसन स्थिसुखम स्थिसुखमासन प्रयत्न शैथिल्यनसम प्रयत्न शैथिल्य अनंत प्रयत्न शैथिल्यानंतमापत्तीभ्यांद्वनिघात तस्वास प्रश्वास कतिदेद प्राणायाम तस्वास प्रश्वास कतिदेद प्राणायाम तस्वास प्रश्वास 
गतिविच्छेद प्राणायाम तस्वास प्रश्वासोर्गतिच्छेद प्राणायाम तस्वास प्रश्वासोर्गतिच्छेद प्राणायाम बाह्यभ्यतरस्तंभवृत्ति देश काल संख्यादृष्ट दीर्घ सूक्ष्म बाह्यभ्यतरस्तंभवृत्ति देश काल संख्यादृष्ट दीर्घ सूक्ष्म बाह्यभ्यतरस्तंभवृत्ति देश काल संख्यादृष्ट दीर्घ सूक्ष्म बाह्याभ्यतरस्तंभवृत्तिर्देश काल संख्यादृष्टो दीर्घ सूक्ष्म बाह्याभ्यतरस्तंभवृत्तिर्देश काल संख्यादृष्टो दीर्घ सूक्ष्म बाह्यारी बाह्यभ्यर विषय आक्षेपी चतुर्थ बाह्यभ्यर विषय आक्षेपी चतुर्थ बाह्यभ्यर विषय आक्षेपी चतुर्थ बाह्याभ्यर विषयाक्षेपी चतुर्थ बाह्याभ्यर विषयाक्षेपी चतुर्थ केवलकुंभकुंभक ततस्ीयते प्रकाश आवरण ततक्षीयते प्रकाश आवरण ततक्षीयते प्रकाश आवरण ततक्षीयते प्रकाश आवरण ततक्षीयते प्रकाशावरण धारणसु योग्यता मनस धारणसु योग्यता मनस धारणसु योग्यता मनस धारणसु योग्यता मनस धारणसु योग्यता मनस
स्वयासंप्रयोगे इव स्वयासंप्रयोगे चिस्वुकार इव संप्रयोगे चिस्वुकार इवेन्द्रियाप्रयोगे चिस्वुकार इवेन्द्रियाप्रत्याहार ततस्परमावश्यतेन्द्रिया ततःपरमावश्यतेन्द्रियाजलोगदर्शने साधन पादो नाम द्वितीय पादीपातंजलोगदर्शने साधन पादो नाम द्वितीय पाद So we completed the yamas and the niyamas. Yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, pratyahara. Five angas in the sadhana pada. So we've done yama, niyama. We have asana, pranayama, pratyahara to finish the sadhana pada. Ah. Let me put the chanting back up. So we're at two forty-six. Two forty-six is the first sutra on asana. We have three sutras on asana, and I think it's five sutras on pranayama from forty-nine to. Uh, Fifty-three, and then the last two are pratyahara. Pratyahara. So, we we went over forty-six briefly last Wednesday. Stira sukhamasanam, stira sukhamasanam. So this is a definition. What is asana? Asanam. Asanam is stira. It's stable and it's sukha. It's pleasant. And in terms of doing an asana, then stira means also that the body is held together properly. The back is straight, creating the stability with mula bandha. And sukha means the breath is is not strained. Breath is free. Allowing a looseness into the body, right? And that looseness 
correlates with the second, the next sutra, 247, where Patanjali says, Prayatna Shaitilya Ananta Samapati Bhyam Sama Samapati Bhyam Prayatna Shaitilya Ananta Samapati Bhyam So Sukham means pleasant. Literally, it means that things flow well. There's good circulation. There's good movement. It's not disrupted. It's not constricted. It's not producing a, a bad result. When things are circulating, like when the wheel is rotating around the axis, it's not producing a bad result. If it's circulating, if it's rotating smoothly, then it produces a good result. That's su ka. Ka means pivot. Su means good. Dukkha, du means bad, and ka means the pivot. So all the different things that are flowing and circulating in your system, including your emotional energies, which are circulating. And your breathing, of course, is the main tool that we have that where we can access the internal and the external dimensions where they're coupled together. We can start to learn to regulate ourselves more deeply, more profoundly through the tool of breathing. Because everybody knows, right? You've all heard that your breathing pattern changes with your emotional state. If you get scared, <gasps> your breath is affected. If you try to listen very carefully, your breath will become very quiet and imperceptible. The more closely, the more carefully you listen to something, the more quiet you have to become the automatically in that effort to become quiet, your breath slows down to a standstill. So anxiety, anger, joy, all these things are reflected in the breathing. So primarily what we need is that we're not allowing ourselves to reinforce restrictive patterns in ourselves. We're trying to untie patterns that we've tied up inside ourselves. So shaitilya means to loosen. If, you, if your shoelace gets tied too tight, it's first thing that you do is you, you make an effort to get it a looseness in the strings so that you can then get a grip and start to pull on it and it starts to loosen and then you can untie it. Shaitilya is this loosening so that it can come undone. Prayatna is that effort, the special effort that you're making, right? It's not, you can't just pull on the strings and expect it to get looser. You have to make a special, you have to perceive the direction the strings are going. You have to look carefully and you have to feel which way to pull and look and see what's happening to make sure you you understood what you were looking at properly and you're pulling in the right way. So yetna, yetna was a word that Patanjali gave to us when he's defining what is yoga practice, a bhyasa. 
Yoga practice is the effort to keep the mind stable. The mind will not, will have a tendency, it will have an innate subconscious tendency to stay focused only for a certain amount of time and then drift off and drift off for a certain amount of time before the memory kicks back in and you go, oh yeah, and you bring your mind back. So the effort that you make to hold the mind steady, that is the definition of yoga practice and bhyasa. Prayatna shaitilya ananta, sorry. Uh, I forget how it goes. <laughs> Anyways, it's a uh, yatna. Uh, what is that sutra? It's a uh, one thirteen, right after. Abhyasa Vaidagya Abhyam Tanirodaha Tatrastitao Yatnaha Abhyasaha Tatra then Tatrastitao Yatnaha Abhyasaha. To get at that control of your mind, you have to make an effort to keep it steady. And that's the definition of Abhyasa. Uh, so here, in, in that sense, you just make an effort to keep your mind steady. But here you can't just make effort pushing and pushing and pushing against your body to try to make it loosen. You have to look with more intelligence. You have to analyze more closely. Prayatna, an intelligent effort or a special careful effort to loosen shaitilya. The knots, we've tied ourselves up in knots. We created all these reactions to things we don't like and clingings on the things we like and afraid that this might happen, afraid that that might happen, worried about the things that we did and I wished I wouldn't have done that and now these people think this about me and all these things that create all these knots inside ourselves. We're all tied up in knots. So Shaitilya, to loosen the knots. Ananta means infinity. Anta means end. I don't know if you can see, but it's actually similar to the English word end. Ant, end, end, anta. But it has a at the end because it's Sanskrit. So anta means end and un, not end, which is exact infinity, not finite. Ananta, infinity. And samapati, if you were in on the discussions in the first chapter, samapati, it was comes up, uh, Sutra 141. Dandali gives a definition, shinavritti, uh, shinavritehe, the reduction of the vrittis. Reduce the amount of activity in the mind. Calm the mind down, slow it down. So the thoughts are coming less rapidly. And that produces a, a more clarity. So asana requires attention and an effort to calm the mind, to remove useless thinking, remove 
anxious thinking uh, so that the mind can be more clear and have a better relationship with the body that it's working with. So that's the, the basic rundown of the words prayatna shaitilya ananta samapati bhyam prayatna shaitilya ananta samapati bhyam prayatna shaitilya ananta samapati bhyam the the sutra is in dual case bhyam is dual case and that means we need to take these four word part, these four words, and we need to group them somehow into two compounds and understand uh, this a little bit more in depth. So there's there's a lot of different ways we can group it that makes sense, such as the beauty of a sutra, that it's extremely succinct and able to be unpacked in a, a variety of different ways to blossom forth like so many different angles of understanding and insight. So ananta, infinity, that can mean that your uh, attention has should be evenly distributed. It shouldn't be too concentrated in one place and neglecting other places. And so Prayatna ananta, samapati, could be one. The effort, um, needs to be evenly distributed. And the looseness, also then, you need to concentrate to get the looseness evenly spread out throughout your body. Not just to stretch one part of your body. I want to stretch my shoulder. I want to stretch my hamstring. I want to stretch my hip. But to do the pose with your whole body. To think with your whole body. And to apply the whole body into the pose with less concern that the pose is for one type of thing in the body. One place in the body. One type of movement or one um, anatomical feature in the body. We can also group it together prayatna shaitilya. You have to make effort to loosen the body. So that the evenness, the concentration, you know, by un making efforts to untie the knots in the body, we can also then allow our circulatory awareness and breath and strength to move evenly throughout the body. Another, one other way we can look at the word ananta before we move on to the next sutra. Is uh, Ananta is a name, another name of Adi Shesha or this cosmic serpent, which has thousands of heads, which is why we say Patanjali, right? He has thousands of radiantly white heads, Sahasrashirasam Shwetam, 
because he's an incarnation of Ananta or Adishesha. And two special features about Ananta as this cosmic being, this snake with thousands of heads, is one is he's the couch for Vishnu. So Vishnu is is a principle of sustenance, of maintenance that permeates, it's omnipresent, it's everywhere, all at once, simultaneously, everywhere. Um, so Ananta is the couch for that. And if you think of what is a, what does a snake with thousands of heads represent besides some really weird, <laughs> scary image? It's the way nature comes from a singularity and branches out into a multiplicity. And in this case, giving it an unending amount, number of multi multiple branches that spring forth or branch out from that unity. So the snake's body is the unity, the spinal cord, the central nervous system is the spot, is the singularity. And then the energy branches or the, the awareness can branch from that out in a multiplicity of different infinite different directions to cover out through the whole body. So and then this is said to be the couch that supports that sustaining, maintaining energy, which they call Vishnu. Vishnu literally means omnipresent. So to me that feels like very relevant to the asana practice because we want to invoke this energy this that's giving us life that's animating us we want to become a vessel to be able to hold it more with with more confidence with more groundedness with more awareness and faith that this energy is something larger than our ego, larger than the part of our, the little surface part of ourself that we're aware of as being us, right? And that it's actually the system is designed to carry this or channel this other energy, which gives the life to it. And so through the asana practice, we're trying to become a more suitable vessel like Ananta is the perfect vessel in the cosmic realm or the mythological symbolic realm for holding Vishnu. So in order to do that, we have to get our Prayatna and our Shaitilya evenly spread throughout our body. And then the quality that we experience in the practice becomes more sustaining, more sustainable and more nurturing to maintain the, the body. Alexis, would you like to comment? Oh, Alexis, thank you. 
the asanas. The which asana? Kaputasana. Kaputasana. Uh huh. Uh, infinity. <laughs> it gives you an experience of infinity, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe. I think we all experience that. We feel we're having to fend off the infinite fear <laughs> of approaching Kaputasana. And, and then when you're in the pose, it's like an infinite release of energy that starts surging through your body. Huh? Yeah. Is that actually what you were intending to, yeah, to express? Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, and for me, I don't know about you, but that's especially years ago, that was like a huge reason I needed to come out of poses, backbend poses mostly. The energy starts rising. And it feels like maybe it's <laughs> you're either going to explode or you're going to pass out. Christina? Yes. Anything to say about this sutra? Um, no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Unless you want me to say something, but... <laughs> to say a, a what? A little bit? Unless you wanted me to say something, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Kamalaja? Yeah, it, seems, it seems like very important to me. Like when we chanted that all the way through, yeah, that that one just like I was like forty seven, like that one oh, really yeah? stood out. To me. Yeah, and I and I and I also realized it was really hard for me. Uh huh. You know, like to pronounce, but uh -huh. um, but I'm we we just covered so much on it. It's there's so there's so much in this sutra. Like I I really love it. Yeah, and there's a whole mythological story about Ananta being used in the yogic process also, which is fascinating, but. We don't have time to cover everything. So I always wondered, it seemed like this sutra is so pregnant with meaning. Why is this one so popular? <laughs> and nobody nobody ever says this one. So, Well, sukam, sukam though, right? Like, yeah. is that why? Because of sukam? I think because it's easy. It's easy to, to encapsulate, you know, and wrap your mind around it. And this one is more complicated, so there's four words. Here there's really only two words, right? Because asanam is not actually a word of the sutra so much as it's a word that's being defined in the sutra. So these are the only words you need to really understand. Two words. I mean I feel like a student of asana, like that's like a teacher like that's the sutra a teacher should be like here. You know what I mean? Learn this sutra. 47. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I know they're all important. I'm not saying Yeah, not, definitely. That's why I just spent that much time on it. I'm really glad you yeah, did. Thank I like you. It. And it uh, was, me too. I it like, was it. One of my, I like it. Early on, it was one of my favorite ones. I believe it. So, Prayatna Shaitilya Ananta Samapati Byam. Prayatna Shaitilya Ananta Samapati Dibyam Tatas Dwandwa Anabigataha Tatas Dwandwa Anabigataha Tatas Dwandwa Anabigataha Anabigataha means not 
attackable. You can't be tormented. Dwa is like like dwe, the the word for two or dwi. So dwandwa means pairs of opposites, like hot and cold, pleasure and discomfort. Pain and pleasure, there we go, and uh, those things. Um, also, can anybody think of one pair of opposites that really hits home to the second chapter, Yoga Sutras? You think back towards the beginning where we had this big discussion on the kleshas. Um, maybe a pair of opposites that you can recall that is really pertinent to actually what Patanjali has been teaching us about yoga. So, the sukha dukkha? Uh, that's good, yes, that is good. Uh, and so, sukha dukkha, right, was part of the definition of two of the kleshas. 207 and 208, yeah, Sukha Dukkha, defining two of the kleshas. So that, that's very brilliant. I, <laughs> as obvious as that is, like I never caught the, the clear opposition of the two words being used there in Raga and Dvesha. So Raga means you're clinging for something because you think it's going to give you happiness and dvesha is you're shunning something away because you think it's the cause of your suffering you're clinging because you think it's the cause of your happiness you're shunning it away or you're recoiling away from it because you think it's causing you suffering so raga and dvesha the desire and aversion So what Patanjali is telling us, asana practice, the benefit that he wants us to gain from it, aside from being able to sit comfortably, uh, sit straight, comfortably, be stable and comfortable for a long time, he wants us to develop more equanimity so, so that we're not psychologically adding suffering on top of uncomfortable situations to overcome become develop more immunity to the pairs of opposites and if you just thought of it in terms of like hot and cold meaning like you're tough you can endure pain and blood pain i'm tough i can endure too hot or too cold um yeah sort of but it's not really getting to the heart of the issue of what yoga is addressing. If you go deeper into it and you go straight to the, the raga and the dvesha, which were developed from things you experienced that brought you pleasure, you developed an attachment towards things. You developed raga, 
or from things that caused you suffering, things that you suffered about, you developed an aversion to. You suffered about this thing, so you developed an aversion to it. That's the dvesha. But then it will include all those other pairs of opposites also. So, anabhigataha. Tato dvandva anabhigataha. Tato dvandva anabhigataha. And Kamalaja, this is also one of my favorite sutras because it's so important, it's so fundamental. Um, and I really see this sutra, this opening definition of pranayama, as the fundamental quality that needs to be cultivated in pranayama. And it's what Patavi Joyce meant when he was telling us to breathe freely. Free breathing you do, circulation correcting, pain going. <laughs> that was his formula. So if you think about pain from an Eastern perspective, pain is a stagnation. It means that something on some level, some dimension of your body is not circulating properly. So there's a tightness, the nerve energy or the muscle is tightened, it's not circulating, or the prana is not flowing freely through that area. So by breathing freely, by identifying our, our stress, our tightness in the breath, and being able to cut it, cut it out from our, the flow of, or the cycle of the breath, that's nonstop, it's continuous. So it has a flow to it because it's continuous. So you remove the imperfections, remove the, cut the imperfections out of the breathing. This free breathing is the base that you need to have skill in, clarity in, and mastery in, and understanding of, in, before you start trying to manipulate the breath with more force, with more strength and more difficult breathing exercises. And that's the way Guruji always wanted us to breathe when we were doing the asanas, free breathing in the asanas to clear the blockages because the, the pains, the stiffnesses, these are all forms of stagnation and the free breathing, the freeing up the circulation is how you clear out the stagnation so that the body becomes light loose and strong. So let me let me explain the words. Tasmin, uh, it's locative, so like within that, tasmin, literally within that, referring to asana. So I put asana in parentheses, because that's really what tasmin is meaning, uh, the locative form of asana, asana. Within that, sati, being correct, sat means that there's a correctness to it. And sati is also in the locative case. So just as terms of getting a little more comfortable with Sanskrit, you see, they're all locative case, but they're all, they all have a different ending. 
And that's because in their stem form, the form that they possess before you apply grammar to them, they all end differently. Asana and Tasmin is actually Tut. And Sati is Sat. So they have different endings. But they're all the same case, locative. So within the asana, when the asana is correct, in other words, you will have this uh, removal of strain in your breath. And that's the pranayama. And my interpretation of it, this is the beginning. This is the, the essence of the pranayama practice. without which you're causing harm to yourself. Don't strain. You have to use finesse. Okay, so shwasa and prashwasa are two words that were used when Patanjali talked about signs of a distressed mind. So shwasa means inhalation, prashwasa means exhalation, but Inhalation preceding exhalation is generally not good. And then also, if you look up the word shwasa, you're going to get things like panting or asthma. So these are terms that are, you know, like the way a dog breathes is not, for us, it's very unhealthy if we breathe like that. It causes a lot of weird functionality in the heart when we, when we breathe like that. Panting, heavy breathing. Um, but when we when we hold the breath so it doesn't have the heaviness to it, the emotional drama of like, wow, that was so hard. You're putting all this pressure on the heart and you're manipulating the rhythm of the of the breathing which affects the rhythm of the heart. So shwasa prashwasa. Right? We have to gati. We have to take the flow, we have to remove vicheda means cutting. Rem uh, taking a, a way of making a special cut, a special division in the breath right, to remove this improper breathing pattern. Gati means flow, from the flow of your breath. Tasmin sati shwasa prashwasa yor gati vicheda pranayamaha Tasmin sati shwasa prashwasa yo gati vicheda pranayamaha. And then Patanjali de describes two more types, two more ways of working with the breath. The second one includes all the different breathing exercises we do. And the third one is a description of going beyond the breath, which he calls the fourth pranayama. Why four? Because you have inhalation, exhalation, and retention. That's three things you can do with your breathing. You can inhale, you can exhale, and you can hold. And everything else, all the other thing exercises that you've learned they're all different variations of inhale exhale and retention so even like fluttering the breath 
That's inhale, exhale. So chetortahas is a fourth thing you can do with the breath, and that's to try to go beyond the, the physical need to use the air. And in Hatha Yoga, it's referred to as Kevala Kumbhakaha. They're the same thing. This description and Kevala Kumbhakaha are the same thing. And Chetorta, the name that Patanjali uses, the fourth pranayama, is just a different name for Kevala Kumbhakaha. So Kevala Kumbhakaha is not part of the Yoga Sutra vocabulary. And you guys who've been doing pranayama with me, when, I'm, when we're slowing down our breath, making breathing without sound, making it more subtle, we're approaching this fourth pranayama. That's the methodology for approaching the fourth pranayama. Anybody want to comment? Wes and Mel, it's really great to have you both here. I'm trying to unmute you, but my computer won't let me. Ah. We're glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to be back. Yeah. We're still Thank down you. there in Aliso Viejo. Yeah. Oh, it's Mission Viejo. Mission Viejo. Yeah, close. So. <laughs> Orange County with their funny naming schemes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. If we're all good, then we'll do the closing. So we should be able to get through the the rest of the vocabulary next time of the pranayama and the pratyahara. Don't let me talk. Huh? Does he does he break it down in the sutras? Like, does he break it down by each breath in a sutra, like for one whole sutra? What do you mean each or breath? No. Does he talk it? about one, one, one pranayama, or does he just talk about it all in that one sutra? You, you know how in two point the, right. in the in fifty, yeah, so they're all yeah. right there. But does he take one of those in a later sutra? No, or he does. This is just different things to work with. So whatever type of pranayama you're doing, these are different things that you'll be working with. Okay. David, in, oh. in 248, uh -huh. is he getting the non-duality? Is that what he's talking about? No. Non-duality okay. is a, a Vedanta phenomenon. Okay. comes from a different, uh, what we call Darshana, a different school, philosophical school of thought, Vedanta. Yeah. So just being able to be comfortable with anything that's happening then, the hot and yeah, cold. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Be comfortable with anything that's happening. Perfect. Also called equanimity. Yeah. Um, 
the closest thing to non-duality that Patanjali mentions is his description of samadhi and nirvichara uh, nirvitarka samapatti, where your sense of self becomes void. But the term non-duality, that specifically is a Vedanta uh, vocabulary, Vedanta terminology. What is gati? Gati means flow. Oh. So the breath is constantly flowing. The breath is an endless cycle. And be, yeah, vicheda. To remove it, to cut it out. What do you cut out? You cut out this. There you go. Okay, thank you. It's good? Thank you. Oh. Swasti prajabya paripalayantam Myayena margena mahim mahishaha Go brahmanebya shubhamastu nityam Lokaha samastaha sukhino bhavantu Om shanti 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 Om Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishate Om Shanti 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 Om Tat Sat Brahma Arpanam Astu Om Tat Sat Brahma Arpanam Astu Om Tat Sat Brahma Arpanam Astu 